Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're broadcasting this week from the kinder and gentler division here at Car Talk Plaza. Mm-hmm. Now, we just want to take a moment at this particular time of year mm. to offer, especially this time of year, to offer our appreciation to the new kinder and gentler Internal Revenue Service, with which we have now had firsthand experience. <laughs> recent experience. Well, we, we, recently. Had, we had firsthand experience many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we recently had the privilege at Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe of being audited. Yeah. Now, it probably had nothing to do with the fundraising suggestions that my brother's been making around the country. <laughs> you know, the pledge form is blank. You fill in the amount. The I thought IRS it was brilliant. I, I the thought they'd agree with it. The IRS doesn't care. You can tell them, you, you know, you donated anything you want. Yeah. And you, I, I'm sure they knew it was a joke. It was a, it was a joke. It was a joke. It, it was a joke. <laughs> 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 I mean, we were a little nervous, I have to admit, when we went in to see these guys. But we were pleasantly surprised at the gentleness and yes. the kindness yes. with which we were treated. For example, my brother and I still have at least four fingers on each hand <laughs> and on one an opposable thumb. <laughs> yeah. And they did give us a key to the padlocks they put on the door. Yeah, I mean, usually they just houses. put the padlocks on the door, but they gave us a key. So if you had to get in, you could get in. And they didn't seize our assets. They politely came and walked out with them. Yeah. And, and the sign that they put on the office door, it says, Do not enter government property. Do not enter. And at the bottom it says, Please. <laughs> they would never have put the please down there before. And this this one really, this this touched me because they were kind <laughs> enough to leave a hundred bucks in each of our savings accounts so we wouldn't have to return the free toasters that we got. <laughs> yeah, because if they wipe out the entire bank account, which they used to do in the old days, you've got to give the toaster back. I know it. And they said, you guys get the toasters, you can keep the toasters. They would never have thought they, of that. they seized the toasters. <laughs> then they seized the toasters. <laughs> but gently. Yeah, and but they did actually seize the recording studio. Uh, but they told us that we could use Willie Nelson's studio, which they still have. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, they, they were going to impound our cars. Yeah. Until they saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. They, go ahead, you keep those. <laughs> anyway, if you want to talk to us, the number is one eight 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 car talk. That's one eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> Hello. Hi, this is Michelle calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Michelle. Hi there. Hi, Michelle. Michelle Marbell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've heard that a lot in my life. From Ann Arbor. <laughs> That's right. Are you a student or a professor? I am neither. I work at a, a retail grocery store called People's Food Co-op. Ah. Yeah. I do uh, outreach and education for them. Outreach and education for a grocery store? Well, it's not a grocery store. It's a food <laughs> co-op, you dope. Exactly. Yeah, so what kind of outreach education do you do? Well, we help people learn about what it means to be a cooperative business, and we promote a lot of environmental and nutrition information. Really? Yeah, a whole variety of things about natural foods. Cool. They yeah, teach you how to cool steam job. your carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it too. So, yeah. so why are you calling us, Michelle? Well, I'm calling you about my Mercury Tracer, which I love. Uh, it's got 160,000 miles on it and still going strong. Mm. 
Yeah, uh, but I'll be driving along on the highway, so this has to be at around speeds of around 70 or so. Mm. Um, For no reason, it'll just, like, make a revving noise. It'll start, like, you know, and it'll jump up about 1,000 RPMs. And so it sounds like it's driving really hard. It almost, almost like it's dropped out of overdrive. And uh, if I pull over to the side or, you know, pull off the highway or something, put it in park, mm-hmm. and then drive again, it's fine. It's like it's, it's corrected itself. Now, the check engine light will come on for a little bit, but it doesn't stay on. It'll pop on, and then it'll go off. All right. Uh, and if you, if you didn't pull over, if you, if you just let it happen, would it stop by itself? No. Well, I've driven maybe, I don't know, five or six or seven miles with it, you know, sounding horrible. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, just to get to a safe pullover. So and is... no, no one's been able to figure this out? No. All right. Uh, tell us more about the food co-op. <laughs> oh, is it that easy? <laughs> Wait, is this an automagic transmission? It is, yep. I, I, I'm going to suggest that it, in fact, has downshifted. Well, then how would, like, if we've checked over the transmission and nothing is wrong and the check engine light doesn't stay on, so it's not like they can run a diagnostic. Well, but the check engine light does come on when it's doing this. It'll come on for maybe 10, 15 seconds, and then it'll go away. Mm. So it doesn't and, stay and on. And they've never been able to get a trouble code out of it? No. I suspect that it is downshifting. Huh. Well, the way you can corroborate this is, in fact, to downshift it. Huh. And, for example, if the thing is in third when you're driving along, it, well, it must have a three-speed transmission. Mm. When you're driving along in third gear and it seems to do this, you should actually downshift into the next lower gear and see if nothing changes. Huh. So what would uh, – that's the, sort of the trick is, like, what's causing it? Because it's happening – who knows? Well, you know, well, my brother's way. been working on that one ever since he woke up. <laughs> what? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean – I agree that it probably is downshifting, but yeah. I don't have any idea why it's downshifting. What's causing it? Yeah. yeah. Have you taken this to a transmission shop? No, I haven't. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, but it's something that you might want to take it to the dealer for, believe it hmm. or not, because they may have seen it before or they may have a bulletin on it. Right. It could be something as simple as a pinched wire or sure. a vacuum hose or, yeah. or, or maybe some adjustment that needs to be made to the transmission. Yeah. But try to verify if it, in fact, is really downshifting by doing what I said. Right. See you, Michelle. Thanks a lot. Right, bye-bye. one <laughs> car talk or one 227 Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, it's Jem from Brooklyn. Jim? Jem. It's actually with a J and an E and an M. Jem, like the character in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Exactly. Like the is, boy. Is that, is that who you were named after? I believe so. Do you have a sister scout? That, uh, not, not in reality. <laughs> oh. Where are you from, Jem? Um, well, I live in, in Brooklyn, New York, down by the lovely Gowanus Canal. Great! And I have a 1968 Chevy that I bought in 1986, and so it's the first car and only car that I've ever owned, and I'm terribly attached to it, and I'm having a really bad time right now. A Chevy what? It's Impala? a Chevy Chevelle Malibu. Oh, a Chevelle! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's running terribly. And what I'm being told is that there is a valve problem, a sticking valve number six. So when you say it's running terribly, at idle, the engine shakes like crazy. Yeah. And I had an electrical specialist look at it, and and I asked him to do a compression check. And he did a a relative compression check and said that every once in a while the six-cylinder 
was just dropping out altogether, and then it would come back in erratically. And he suggested that I go to the GM dealer and get some GM top engine cleaner. So I went to the dealer, and... They gave you a can that had been on the shelf since 1968. (laughs) Well, the thing was, it was sitting there dusty on the shelf, but he wouldn't give it to me. He pretty much said, I won't sell you this stuff. Don't, Don't do it. He said that the gunk in an engine that old is holding be the it only thing holding it together. Oh, he's, and he's right. It, it could start to smoke, and I'd have to run for the hills. And then I went to you know other guys and various mechanics, and I've had different opinions. One thing that I that I was told was that it, it's very risky to flush it out that much, but maybe I should try something milder. And I tried a little bit of the the Marvel Mystery Oil. <sighs> I bought a bottle of that the other day. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I knew I would have a use for it. Well, it's it's a good, uh, you know, gravy thickener. <laughs> <laughs> I use it from time to time. Yeah. Around the holidays, it always comes in handy, you know. Yeah, and in a pinch, an uninvited you guest. can shine your shoes with it. Oh, it's 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 kind of... Docking your hair? Indeed. I mean, the stuff is... It's it's a mystery how it works. But, Jim, has anyone to, to whom you've taken this thing done a bona fide yes. compression test? Instead of this relative... What, the, what the relative compression test is, is you pull off one spark plug wire at a time, right. and you note the drop in engine RPM. And we already know that number six cylinder isn't firing correctly or at all. So you would expect that when you pulled off number six wire, that in fact it wouldn't make any difference insofar as how fast the engine ran. Well, it says here on the bill, swapped plugs from cylinders one and six, cylinder six, still the source of miss, symptom points to either sticky valve or carbon. Uh, well, well, but it, I mean, it could point to a, vacuum, a valve, a vacuum job. leak, or a vacuum leak, or, or a valve that's burned out. You could not have a sticky valve. You could have a valve that's come out the tailpipe. Uh huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that being the case, you you need to take it to someone who has a real compression tester, and you will read how much pressure in pounds per square inch each piston is making on its compression stroke. Okay. So that you might expect the first five cylinders, which are operating properly to give you like 150, 160 pounds compression. And then if you come to this one and it's 40 pounds compression, that will tell you that you need a valve job. Right. But if they find out that the compression is good, which I think they're going to find, I think you have a vacuum leak. Vacuum leak? Yeah. And that, what would that entail? That would be that would That would be, great. be that, that would entail something really cheap. That would mean that Like a you, gasket. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, if you have lived a good, clean life, and I mean a good, clean, think back to all the things <laughs> that you may have done. If if there if you can't think of anything that you shouldn't have done, then you'll have the vacuum leak. Okay. But don't count on it. <laughs> no, you already crossed it off the list. You already crossed it off Jim, the list. Jim, it's it's been a pleasure talking to you, and wish you luck. Thank you so much. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye. One eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hello, this is Christine from Corvallis, Oregon. Hi, Christine. Oregon. That would be C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. You're absolutely right, though. I was born in New York. Oh, good enough. (laughs) Good enough. All right. What's up, Christine? Well, I have a safety question. Yeah. My car has airbags. Mm -hmm. And is it safe for me when I'm the passenger to nip if I have an airbag that might deploy? (gasps) What a great question. Wouldn't it be uncomfortable to have a knitting needle in your eye? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> my you know, or, or I, through your trachea. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Oh, your aorta. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a very vivid imagination, and I've thought of what all are you these making things. that can't wait? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really. It's just a good way to pass the time. No, you know, yeah. it's right. My wife knits also, and she frequently knits in the car. Um, with you behind the wheel. With me behind the wheel. I have to talk to her. <laughs> and I, I have to say that I never thought of it. Let me just think about it. Here you are. First of all, oh, most no, I... knitting takes place down near the lap, low. Right. Right near the, not right near the aorta. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, I believe the airbag, when it deploys, mostly deploys up. Okay. So, if as long as you're not knitting with the needles up around your chest, I think you'd be fairly safe. Jeez, I don't think I'd want to have anything. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to have anything like a knitting needle in my hands because you know, you know, you turn around, you're reaching for your uh, the the next skein of yarn uh, yeah. in the bag, and, and the, you got the, the needle up up high by your temple. The airbag goes off, and it goes right through your ear and into your brain. <laughs> You'll never know what hit you. Are you crazy, Christine? Stop doing <laughs> No, you know, you, you know you need to sit in the back like grandma. But then I'd be between my two children and they'd be picking on Oh, the heck with that. <laughs> well, you know, how old are the kids? Five and eight. They're, yeah, so they're little. You could put the front seat way back. Ah. And I would have to guess, and I have no hard evidence, that you'd be fine. Okay. And if I'm not, I'll let you know. But, well, you know, no, you won't. <laughs> My husband yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, they they suggest it. It is suggested by the experts that if you're in the passenger seat and there's no reason for you to reach any pedals or anything, you should be as far back as possible, and that's the safest position to be in. So, I'd say that's the safest position. Also, if you're knitting. Okay. Yeah. Gee. Uh... <laughs> My brother's nervous about this. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm. I'm disturbed by it. I, I don't like it. Do they? Do they make rubber uh, knitting needle, needles? Needles. That, how about needles that are? No, no. Knitting needles have to click together. Don't you know anything? If they're and not they clicking, of... then you don't get the the metaphysical experience. It's not the same. Oh, it's not. You don't get the Zen experience. You don't get it, man. If you don't well, hear the. What about wooden needles? Would they be safer? Do you think? Well, since wooden, wooden might be a little safer because at least they would break and only they would only go halfway into your heart. Yeah, and, they, un, and, and they'd be unremovable then. <laughs> and they would be jagged as they went Yeah, in. I'd stick with the steel <laughs> or the aluminum, whatever they're made out of. Boy. Good luck, Christine, but... Uh, she said. Well, yeah, I... I, I you know, it, it's interesting. I don't think there are, there's anyone who can give you a good answer for this. Yeah. I mean, there should be someone who provides great unyielding truths, you know? Well, but, I, that's what I expected from From us. You. And that, isn't that a disappointment? Well, you know, I, I used to, I gave up smoking, a, I used to smoke for years a corn cob pipe. But the idea of that thing being lodged sideways <laughs> in my windpipe, uh, just the imagery, just, you know, made me give it up. I said, no, nah, I don't think so. Well, I'm quitting knitting, too. Good idea. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Where, where would you get a definitive answer on a crazy question like that? I mean, she there's tr- no place she, to go. She tried. She did try. No, we, but I obviously think we gave, she, her a, she was... we gave her a semi-definitive. Based on nothing. No, I think I think our advice was sound. I think... You gotta, you gotta admit that it can't be safer knitting than not knitting. Than not knitting. Well, I'll, I'll go for that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would be, I would feel more comfortable with what we told her if I knew exactly 
where that airbag deploys. I don't think it makes... What if somebody said to you, here, hold this bag of broken <laughs> glass <laughs> while we're going down the highway at 75 miles an hour? Would you, yeah, would you feel good about that? And if we crash, the broken glass will, like, cut you open. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd feel good about that. On the other hand, what are you going to do? Encapsulate yourself in plastic so you can't get hurt? No, no. Yeah, no. I, I, I see. Again, we used to ride in the back of pickup trucks, and we thought nothing of it. I was in the back of a dump truck once, and I got dumped. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, well, you know, and, and certainly people have had some awful accidents doing those kinds of things. I mean, we, we were just young and stupid. Now we're old and stupid. But you can't let uh, yeah. everything get in the way of having a good time. Especially the truth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Tommy, it's time to find out if you remember last week's puzzler. And to do that, I have to probe the depths of your mind, the deep reaches of your synapses. Yeah. Go ahead. So hand me the rubber gloves and the gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be back in just about a minute. Well, I drive all night, all day too. Sit up here and play this mess for you. I'm a driving man, and I'm coming to your town. And I'll tell you something. And even though car salesmen in plaid pants and white belts complain that we're bad for the image of the industry <laughs> whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. Support for the Car Talk podcast and the following message come from NPR sponsor Traditional Medicinals. Traditional Medicinals is the herbal tea company that lives up to its name. Traditional because of the formulas based on herbal traditions that have supported health and wellness for centuries and medicinal because of the ethically sourced high-quality herbs like wild-collected shisandra berries in their everyday detox tea. Use promo code CARTALK for 20% off at checkout. Powered by Traditional Medicinals. This message comes from CARTALK and NPR sponsor BetterHelp a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code CARTALK. BetterHelp. Get help anytime, anywhere. This week on NPR's Invisibilia, a woman with a strange superpower. I have this ability, but it's not something I can just use, because that's not fear, that's intruding into other people's privacy. What do you do when you can see part of the future? Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars car repair and of course the answer to last week's puzzler yeah and this was one of those what's the next number in the series puzzlers so you may want to write this down yeah if if this is your first time hearing it here's the series of numbers three three five four four three five five four and the question is what's the next number and why? You don't really need to tell why. If you got the next number, you'd know why. You'd know why, exactly. You want it again? Yeah. Nine numbers. And I think I when I said this, that I said nine numbers. That's a big hint. Oh. It's a big hint that there are nine numbers here. Yeah. Okay. Here they are again. Three, three, five, four, four, three, five, five, four. What's the next number? 
Well, if you went ahead and you spelled out the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, the number 1 has three letters. The number 2 has three letters. The number 3 has five letters. Oh. Da, 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 da. And the 10th term would be the number 10, which has three, three letters. letters. And, of course, the answer is... Three is the next number. Wow. So who's our winner? The winner is Liz Walsh from Lexington, Massachusetts. Get out. And for having her correct answer selected at random from all the right answers, Liz is going to get a gift certificate and she can blow 25 bucks at Car Talk Shameless Commerce Division on our website. And with 25 bucks, she can get about one and two thirds Car Talk <laughs> CDs. Not bad. Not bad. That's about all you could stand. I mean, actually, the, if they leave out the middle two-thirds there, you can play most of it. Don't worry, Liz. It'll be good. Anyway, we'll have a brand new puzzle coming up in the third half of the show, so don't go anywhere. In the meantime, if you have a question about your car, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Yes, hello. This is Suki from Tilton, New Hampshire. Tilton, which is where? The lovely lakes region. Tilton, New Hampshire. Like right. Winnipesaukee? Right. Oh. Really? What's a Tilton toward? <laughs> it's Tilton toward the east. <laughs> I know. I knew you guys were I know. Joke. So anyway, what's, what's up, Suki? Well, I have a 1995 Volvo 850, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't seem like a big problem, but the cruise control doesn't work. At all? At all. Now, it didn't happen immediately. It happened over a period of time. Well, like how? Well, I think it first happened when I would go over a bump in the road, and it would just cut out. Ah, good. When, when you turn it on, does the, the light come on? I don't believe there is a light. Uh, there never has been a light. Well, there's your problem. Oh. <laughs> they never put the light in. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Well, I don't know if it has a light or not, but let's assume it does. But does it ever work at all? Now it doesn't work at all. No, for a while it would work, and then it would stop, and some days it would work, and some days it wouldn't. And well, it could be something simple like a fuse or a relay. Well, there's more to the story. Oh, go ahead. We don't want any more. <laughs> well, I have a teenage son who has a friend who works on cars. And? And he said, oh, it's real easy. All you have to do is open the hood, and you'll see all these um, vacuum hoses. Disconnect them all. <laughs> Maybe that's what I did. No, he said, just wiggle them around and push them on again, and one of them will be the cruise control, and then it will work again. Oh, yeah? So I did that. I, I opened the hood, and I'm not really sure what's a vacuum hose and what's not, but I wiggled all the hoses I could see. And? And tightened them up, and the check engine light came on. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and it oh. still doesn't work. Were any of the hoses not connected to something? No, everything seemed pretty solid. Well, the reason the check engine light came on is you disconnected. You, the engine was running while you did this? No. Oh, really? Oh, I wouldn't stick my hand in with it running. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, then what fun is it if it's not running? <laughs> well, uh, that's you why must... they call my brother Lefty. <laughs> you must have you must have unplugged something by accident, and yeah. that's why the check engine light yeah, is on. When you jiggle some hose, you maybe one of the off. hoses was a wire. <laughs> <laughs> they all they look, look alike. <laughs> they do look alike. But I'm going to suggest that what's wrong with this thing is called the defeat switch, which is located on the brake pedal. You know, if you're in cruise, Should control, you operate it with your feet. Defeat, yeah. Yeah. If, if you're if you're in cruise control mode and you step on the brake, it shuts it off. Yeah. Okay. It's now if this switch is broken or misadjusted, 
it will shut itself off before you can turn it on. It'll always think that you're stepping on the brake. So do I have to take it into a dealer and have them replace that? No, you can have this kid do it. Just crawl <laughs> under there and jiggle everything. <laughs> no, I would take it to the dealer because you're going to have to find out about the check engine light. Yeah. And while it's there, tell them that the – here's what you tell them. It's The cruise control is not that important to you. If you can get it fixed Ooh. for a few dollars, yeah. fine. Otherwise, forget it. Forget I don't it. ever really use it anyway. Yeah. Oh, good line. All if, right. Because if you did, say, you write that down. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wrote it down. Good. <laughs> All right. They're going to tell me it's three hundred dollars. I guarantee it. Well, everything's three hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. It's just right. you don't want it to be more than that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See you, Suki. All right. Thanks, guys. Good, good luck. luck. Bye bye. One eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Yeah, hi guys. This is Matthew calling from our nation's capital. Hi, Matthew. How are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, pretty well. And are you a lawyer or a politician? I am neither. I'm, I actually work for a major Jesuit educational institution. Excellent. Really? With, with, with a, it's also known for a little basketball as well. And you've got your work cut out for you down there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> are you a lay person working for this major Jesuit? Organization or yes, yes, I am. You are okay. Yes, I am. So I'm, we don't have to watch our language with you or anything like that. I'm in communications, I guess you'd say. Okay, great. What well, can no. we do for you? Hey, I got a Jetta, VW Jetta. It's got 104,000 miles on it, and I, like it won't turn over. I just put a new starter in it about three months ago, and I'm getting to the point now where I'm gonna like start waving chicken bones and a flaming picture of Ferdinand <laughs> Peach over the hood to get this. <laughs> <laughs> right, give us the whole chronology of what went on here. Well, here's the deal. I just moved down to D.C. about a year ago from, uh, well, about eight months ago from Buffalo. And uh, I, I've, I noticed this problem starting just after I moved down here. I have to go through like five steps to get it to turn over. First, I get in the car and I rock it back and forth. If it doesn't turn over, then I take off the handbrake and I rock it back and forth. Okay, let's get the terminology right. When you say turn over, it crank. doesn't crank. It doesn't crank at all. No, you, you turn the key and zilcho happens. You turn the key and it just kind of clicks. Yeah. So I uh, so then then I, after I take the handbrake and rock it back and forth, if it doesn't crank, then I turn on the hazards and rock it back and forth. Now sometimes that works, but it, when it doesn't, then I have to get out and actually push the front end of my car. And the people that live uh, on on the street near uh, uh, near my apartment, they they think I'm all insane. Like you know, like it it's, it it seems like they line up at their windows in the morning just to see this idiot in the suit go get out and push <laughs> the front end of his car back and. This forth. is a stick shift. No, it's an automatic. Automatic. Okay. So then. The the the, la- the the last resort is if it won't crank after I push it laterally, I've got to get up, chicken bones, right? Bounce it up and down, like literally bounce the front <laughs> end of the car up and down. Cool. Yeah, it's it's sort of the poor man's lowrider. <laughs> and and sooner or later, one of these little machinations actually works. Exactly. At least it has up until now. Yesterday morning, I, I got in the car and tried to turn it over, and now it just sits there and stares at me. Have you I ever tried? It, have you ever tried when it didn't start jumping it with jumper cables? I well, the last time this happened before I put the starter in, I did try jumping it with jumper cables. But the lights come on, and and you know the dome light is on, and the the, the little bell, you know the little signal rings yeah. uh, to say that the the battery is still functioning. It, at least it seems to be. It but just, it doesn't uh, doesn't crank. So you're confident crank. that the battery is good because everything else works. And yeah, when I'm it com- finally does crank, it cranks fast it's, and it, it starts cranks very well i mean it, it starts up like it normally did yeah you know, like it normally would so you went ahead and replaced the starter motors assuming that this was going to fix it exactly yeah that wasn't a bad guess no not bad at all didn't work huh <laughs> no but my girlfriend has a theory good she let's hear it that after eight, after eight years in buffalo that now that i've moved down to washington 
my car hates the people here. <laughs> oh, and doesn't just, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a uh, you know eight eight Buffalo winners and all these snooty people driving around in their Volvos and stuff. It just it just says, uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to do anything for you anymore. Yeah. So. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, the starter was a pretty good shot. Okay. All right, now, when you took it to these guys who installed it. Yeah. Did they experience your no-start problem? Uh, actually, what happened was I tried to turn it over one night, and I couldn't get it to turn over, so I called AAA, and they took it to uh, an approved uh, garage right near my apartment. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they couldn't get it to turn over either. And, and they deduced, they concluded, after l- looking at it, that it was the starter motor. That's right. Okay, now I know what they did wrong. Uh, well, I mean, there are a lot of other possibilities that they certainly could have overlooked. For example, it could be a bad connection at the battery. It could be a bad ground connection. It could be a bad ignition switch. But I, I would imagine that they would have tested to make sure they have current going to the solenoid when the, when the key is in the crank position. Yeah. Okay. Before you replace the starter, it's good to see that current is actually getting to it. Okay. That, that starter on the Volkswagen is peculiar in that the end of the shaft that has the gear on it is not supported by the housing of the starter. If you were to take that starter out, you would see a shaft with a gear on it, and then it's just a straight piece of shaft going to nowhere and being supported by nothing. Okay. However, it is supported by a little bushing that resides in the back of the uh, uh, either the transaxle housing or, or I guess in the back of the transaxle housing. If that bushing is all worn out and the shaft doesn't sit in there properly, what will happen is the brushes won't make proper contact with the armature of the starter and the thing won't start okay so i think you have a bad starter bushing and, and they, who doesn't these days and who doesn't these days that's right <laughs> that's right and it's nothing to be ashamed of and most of the time they, <laughs> they don't wear out so there's no 12-step process for having a bad bushing no there's no 12-step no. process and these guys at the triple a shop uh probably weren't familiar with jetta starters maybe except volkswagens have had this bushing since the beginning of time yeah and it's never worked well it, and what happens is that you get the starter and attached to the starter motor with a little tie thing is the bushing okay which, and everyone says what the hell is this <laughs> what the hell is this and they, there's one in there already right and they okay. throw it away as a matter of fact i used to have about 500 of these in my toolbox you did the same thing. i didn't know what they were for <laughs> but that bushing needs to be replaced and that's going to solve your problems matthew hey could you send me a bucket full of those bushings i will <laughs> they're eight bucks a piece <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Matt. Good Thanks, luck. Bye bye. One eight 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 Car Talk or one eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Lonnie from Anchorage. How you doing? Pretty good, not bad. Well, I'll tell you, I'm uh, I'm going to help you guys take Car Talk to a whole new level because what I'm doing is I'm giving you a up. psychology <laughs> a psychology of driving question. Really? All right, yes. Yeah, so, and be prepared because you guys are going to just totally lay into me when I give you this. But, okay. Okay, this is the deal. When my husband and I first met, he was something of a distracted driver, mm-hmm. which means he would not notice things like stop signs, other cars, the road. Well, it was things. obviously your beauty that was distracting him. Yeah, that's what he says. I think that's a crock. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it works with my wife. <laughs> right. But, um, so, anyway, uh, over the years, I've kind of gotten into this habit of this really horrendous backseat driving. And it was kind of, you know, reinforced a couple of times because there were a couple of instances where we would have died had I not said something. So, it's like little, uh, that was a stop sign, hun. The light is still red, hun. See, uh, the man who's giving us the finger, hun. Uh, yes, yeah, that kind of thing. All that, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, anyway, um, basically, now he's gotten so much better. I mean, he really has put so much effort into driving much, much more carefully. He's much, much... I am still 
horrendous. I mean, it's constantly like when we're in the car, this is what it sounds like. Put the brake, put the brake, put the brake. And it's oh, fine. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he needs a court injunction against you. <laughs> no, roll a duct tape will do it. <laughs> well, see, this is Alaska. You can fix anything with a roll of duct tape. <laughs> so you think that he's gotten better, and yet you, you don't really believe that in your heart of hearts. Well, she can't stop herself. No, no, you can't stop yourself because he hasn't gotten better in your mind. Well, she just admitted. So cognitively, she admits that he has improved. Yes, he has. So it, whatever's going on is either self-conscious or she's got the nagging gene and she can't get rid of it. Oh yeah, you might be you you might be you a, might be a, a nagger. An, an inveterate nagger. An <gasps> I N. Oh no! Well, see, because our anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. How many and years? So, uh, four years of being married. Oh, We've been this together for poor nine. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> we have two small children, and my little girl, my little three-year-old, is going to start picking up on this if I don't stop. So, I mean, you can't stop yourself. Is that what you're telling us? Well, I tr- I try. The last time we went on a long trip, because basically, I don't know if y'all have ever been on the Seward Highway. Yeah. It's gorgeous, and we usually drive down to see his parents through the Seward Highway. Now, it's absolutely beautiful, but basically, one side is mountains, very sharp rocks. Mm-hmm. The other side is water that if you land in it, you're dead. It's hypothermia, you know? <laughs> so it's really beautiful, but it's also a little bit dangerous, and people tend to drive a little crazy. So I'm a little bit nervous about other drivers as well, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's so just talking we to you, Lonnie. I can tell that you're a little on the hyper side. Oh, I'm from New York. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> from and, and, New York. So you went to Anchorage to calm down? <laughs> you didn't go far enough north. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go. You know how they you say. Need, in, you need a little hyper. You know how they say in, in deep space where the temperature approaches absolute zero, uh-huh. all motion stops. That's what you need. You need. <laughs> Yeah. So you say that basically I need to like go to absolute zero. You sort of like lighten up, you know what I mean? Yeah, you may have to go within the Arctic Circle. I mean, th- think yeah. about what, it, what if it, the tables were reversed here? You'd be slapping him all over the place. Oh, you have no idea. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, that's why. But that's you why can I really do it. I mean, just come on. You, all right. you need to take those pills. What take pills? a pill. Any, any pills. Any pills. Any, take anything. Take everything. <laughs> A couple of Advil, a little bit of Jack Daniels, and yeah. maybe we'll have some. That's it. Yeah, no, yeah. But, but you need to do, you need, You know what you need? Yeah. Yoga. <gasps> yeah. You will it. find inner peace, <laughs> harmony, and tranquility oh, yeah. through yoga. Yeah. We just happen to have the tapes, the thirty-nine ninety-five percent offer. And if you call today, we'll send you the knife set. <laughs> Well, that sounds great, guys. Hey, good luck. Do you, do you, drink, do you drink coffee? Uh, yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like now. <laughs> and give your husband a hug for us and tell him that we empathize and we... And so- sympathize, and more we importantly. See you, Lonnie. <laughs> good luck. All right. Jeez. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Wow. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, she was a fast talker. I mean... <sighs> Man. Yeah, she doesn't belong in Anchorage. Where's she from? Where's she from? New York. Well, she was from New York. She's she's on she her brain is operating on New York time and she's she's in the tropics there. The tropics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, it's time for us to take a little break. And this is a chance for our stations to identify themselves. And a chance for our station managers to change into the janitor's clothes and try to blend in with the angry mob outside <laughs> the studio. <laughs> we'll be back with a new puzzler in just a minute.
And even though Darwinians consider adding a survival of the dimmest corollary <laughs> whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the American Jewish World Service, working together for more than 30 years to build a more just and equitable world. Learn more at AJWS.org. All that data collection. They have the last 10 years of your movements. It can have real-life consequences. And if you have that much information, that information is going to be misused. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and who decides what's right or wrong in our digital world? That's next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Subscribe or listen now. Uh, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to discuss cars, car repair, and the... Uh, the new puzzler. Yeah. This was inspired by uh, an email I got from someone named Jim Guilford uh, from Cyberspace. Oh, but only inspired by Jim. Well, I, I had to... You had to... Change it around. Embellish. Tweak and... Tweak, and, uh, obfuscate. Well, no, the essence of it was supplied by, by Jim. And yeah. mo- most importantly... He's going to get the usual price that we give to all the, the people. The answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems that there's this penal colony on, a, an, on a, uh, an island in the South Pacific, and it's administered by this... Uh, twisted little, uh, 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 you know, warden. prison warden. Yeah. And he always has these little mind games he plays with sort the prisoners. Sort of like a devil's island place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Island of Dr. Moreau or something like yeah. that. Ooh. And the deal is he presents some kind of a challenge to the prisoners, and if they solve it, they are set free, and if they don't, they're fed to the sharks, which are constantly <laughs> circling the island. Yeah. So he comes to a bunch of prisoners, and the, and the number of prisoners is, isn't important. We're going to just say it's five prisoners for the sake of this little puzzle. And he says, here's the deal, guys. He said, I'm going to stand you against the wall, but not in the manner that you usually think. One guy is going to face the wall with his hands and his toes touching the wall. The next guy is going to stand behind him mm-hmm. about five feet away, the next person behind him. So there are five people now who are facing the wall in a straight line, so that each guy can see the back of the head of the guy in front, ex- except for the last guy who can see everybody, and the front guy who can't see anybody except the wall. So you, you got you got the I, scenario. I got it. Yeah. So they're going to stand there like that, and, and... And they're going to stand there like that, and we're going to do this tomorrow. So I just want you guys to think about this overnight to see if you want to participate, because don't forget, yeah. if you lose... <laughs> it's the Sharks. It's the Sharks. <laughs> if you win, you, we set you free, but you have to swim, swim away. <laughs> That's the Sharks. <laughs> So, so you want to get thrown in or you want to jump in? <laughs> <laughs> there was a joke, I remember. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. He said, I'm going to come and place a either a white hat or a black hat on each of your heads. I'm going to do it from the back of the line, working my way towards the front. So I have a box of hats. Black and white. Black and white. And I can put anything I want on any of your heads. I can put all black hats if I want. I can put all white hats or any combination, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Uh, the the your job here is to identify the color of your hat correctly. If you do so, you are set free. If you fail to do so, you are fed to the sharks. <whistles> now, obviously, the guy at the back of the line would be able to see all the hats, but there's one caveat: he can't communicate because the only thing he can say is either black. Or white. So that's the way it's going to work. Tomorrow, they're going to come into the warden's office. They're going to stand in this position against the wall. He's going to come and put the hats on everybody's heads. And the guy in back gets to say one word, and it can only be black or white. 
And, that's and then it. the next guy is required <clears throat> to identify the color of his hat all the way until they get to the guy who's closest to the wall. Gotcha. You got it? Yeah. But they can scheme overnight. Yeah. But everyone else who's tried this has always failed. And, it, you know, obviously the luck of the draw would mean 50-50 chance of getting off. But it's too big a chance to take. So everyone's been reluctant to do it. And Krusty, Ooh. who's been on this island for 19 years for overcharging for valve jobs, <laughs> says, I have a plan. He does. Which will improve our odds beyond 50-50. However... We must draw straws. So the question is, what is Krusty's plan, and why must straws be drawn? Now, if you think you know the answer, write it on the back of a $20 bill and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 02238. Or you can do an electronic funds transfer (laughs) and email Email your answer on a $20 bill to us from cartalk.com. Wow. If you'd like to converse with us at this very moment, our number is one eight 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 car talk That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hello, this is Russ from Cambridge. Russ, Cambridge, how are you doing? Massachusetts? That's right. Our fair city? Yes, your fair city. Excellent. <laughs> so what's going on, Russ? Well, I've been having some alignment issues. Oh. About six months ago, I brought my car in to get aligned. And it came back with the steering wheel pointed to the left when the car was driving straight. Uh-huh. Which is a problem because I, I look at the steering wheel, not the road. <laughs> that would be a problem. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, so I brought it back. Yeah. And they worked on it again. And it came back with the steering wheel pointed to the right. Mm. And I brought it back yet another time. And they still messed it up. So I finally... Uh, Gave up. Yeah, well, I didn't give up, but I gave up on them. Yeah. And I crawled under the front of the car. Had I watched them the third time. Yeah. I started playing with the tie rod. They were adjusting the toe in and toe out by by adjusting the sleeves on the tie rods. Yeah, making them longer and shorter, sort of. Well, yeah, that's the general idea. I, I, I didn't know this is how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me get this right. The, the, the way you align the vehicle <laughs> is to make sure the steering wheel is, is centered. And that's good enough. And that's good enough? <laughs> that's, well, that's what Russ is about to find out. <laughs> Well, so I, continue. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> I've had it all wrong all these years. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> did they really do that? No, that's what I did. Oh, that's what you did? Yeah, I kept driving around town, and I'd pull over and adjust these <laughs> things until finally the steering wheel was pointed straight. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was pretty proud of myself for yeah. having done what these guys couldn't do in three visits. Yeah. And here's the, the issue, uh... Mm. <laughs> um, my it's, it's my passengers. Yeah, who are a little worried that this car might be a death trap. That we'll be driving down the road and aim for an exit ramp, and that the car will keep going straight. Yeah. Well, you've driven it obviously since since you did this oh, yeah. on the fly alignment. And how does it feel? For, for a couple of weeks now, I think it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm afraid to bring it back to the experts to have them check it, because I think they're going to mess it up again. I mean, did they ha- when, when they couldn't center the steering wheel, I mean, generally when an alignment is done, the first thing you do is you center the wheel, and then you go ahead and you do you adjust the tie rods so that the, the so that the toe in is correct, and the wheel is centered, and then, then you do the other adjustments, and you hope that everything comes out all right, and it does. But the, but centering the wheel is the first thing you do. Right. So did you? get an explanation from them as to why they couldn't center the wheel? They often insisted that it was right. And then I would invite them to drive the car just to 
see it for themselves, and then then they would bring it, drive it into the garage. Right. And, uh, but but you you said you saw them underneath the car doing something to the tie rods when you went back. Right. I, I stood next to it on the third visit and watched yeah, it. Yeah, and you watched it, and that's how you knew how to do it. <laughs> well, that's how I guessed how to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you you don't know how to do it because <laughs> your alignment is probably way off. You think so? Because now you have no idea what you've done. I mean, you may be uh, have an alignment that's so far off, you're going to chew up your tires. See, the purpose of those tie yeah. rods is not to get the steering wheel centered. The purpose of uh. the tie rods is to get the wheels pointing in the right directions. Right. And so the position of the steering wheel is the secondary issue. The first issue is getting the wheels to point in the right directions. And you so you've got it backwards. You don't do it that way. You're not telling me I have to bring it back. Well, you have to bring it someplace. Yeah. You can't mess around with the wheels. By the way, I mean, if you were satisfied that they had at least aligned it correctly, one of the things you could have done uh, is to take off the steering wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Right? And then just put it straight when the wheels are straight. Right. Yeah, you didn't think of that, did you? No, I, I did sort of think of that, yeah. Oh, you did? It was harder to get the steering wheel off than it was to Yeah, see, I suspect rods. that when you went back the second time, they did, in fact, take off the steering wheel. And it ended up being a little bit off in the other direction. Right. And so when you went back the third time, they said, it's not going to work if we do the steering wheel thing again. <laughs> Let's just screw up his alignment and you won't know that. And that'll get rid of him. <laughs> that'll get rid of him. Take it to another alignment shop. Okay. But don't, don't, go, don't go with what you did because it's not good. Ah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I wish so we could have given myself. you... Well, I mean, you did a nice job, but... It's sort of like you cut off the wrong leg if you were a doctor. That, uh, everything that went well. Bad. The left yeah. leg is now amputated. Left leg? <laughs> left leg? <laughs> Good luck, Russ. All right. See Thank you. Russ. you. Bye-bye. Bye. 1-888-CAR-TALK or 1-888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. This is Addie. Addie. Addie, yeah. Addie, as in, as in Adeline? Yeah. I thought you were going to have a problem with it. I, I even had my name for you. It's like as in subtracting. <laughs> Very good. Okay. We like it. Okay. Addie, yeah. Where are you from, Addie? San Francisco. Good. That's a good place to be from. Yeah. Okay, you want my question? No. No, if you want to talk about something. <laughs> sure, we want your question. Actually, That's why we're here. I have two questions. Sure. Okay. One is about the signs in Cape Cod and the, and the concept of the rotary. The concept of the rotary. Oh, you've been vacationing here, have I you? Cape, yeah, I went to Cape Cod last year, and yeah. being on the rotary was like uh, being in, um, I don't know. On the thrill. bump cars at the amusement park. <laughs> totally. It's a bump. It's the strangest thing in the world, so I don't understand why you people still have that. You know why? Why? Because we don't have space like you Californians have. Right. We live in a very small part of the country. Uh -huh. I mean, San Francisco is as big as our whole state. No, we have a tiny true. little state here. The rotary is not such a terrible idea. It's just that people aren't used to it. No, but no, no. No, the rotary is a no, terrible... No, conceptually, it's quite brilliant. No, Someone it, said... was, it was a great idea when there were four cars on the road in 1911. Sure. And and three of them were pushed by cows. No, do you think it was from, from horses or something? Because I don't understand why anybody would be doing that. No, I mean, I think the answer is space. Because, the oh, don't forget, the alternative to a rotary is an intersection with traffic lights. Yeah. And this way, at least, everyone gets to try his luck. You get a turn and, and like stop. They tell people to stop. Don't do this, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but this this is kind of like, what are they, what, are they, what would you call this? This is some kind of automotive Darwinism. 
You think so? Oh, the faint of heart avoid rotaries like the plague. Yeah. Yeah, the Gee. people that can't take it. You know why? I know what they do wrong. I know. I First of all, I know how to approach a rotary. I know what you did wrong, Addie. What right. did I do? You had your eyes open, didn't you? I did. I You're did. not supposed to have no. your eyes open. You can have your eyes open, but it's imperative <laughs> that you never, ever, remember this, Addie, make yeah. eye contact oh, with, with competing with the driver. drivers. Competing. Right. Okay, okay. Forget the rotary. Forget Here's the my, rotary. Forget the rotary. Here's a couple other questions. Couple other? Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, really, I'll do it quick. No, that's all right. Take you, your time. We have no place to go, and we have nothing to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you guys want to know my real question? Actually, it's a serious question. Yes, of oh. course we want to know your real question. <laughs> okay. We knew that you weren't calling just to complain no, about Boston. No, I, I think the... I mean, I disagree with you regarding the rotary. I think the rotary is a brilliant concept. Okay, well, anyway, I, I hope everybody goes there and experiences the rotary once in their life. It's really bizarre. <laughs> yes. But anyway... It is unique. My question was, my mother was recently in an accident mm-hmm. and in a Toyota. And she trusted another driver who told her to come through an intersection, so she did. Probably a road. And then she got hit by a Volvo, and they creamed the side of her, her oh, car. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, they're like 65 years old, my parents are. Mm-hmm. And, and we live in San Francisco. Parking's impossible, so you have to have a small, reasonably small car. You can't drive around in a tank. I'm interested in safety. But, and oh. they have money. It's not like they're real poor. Yeah. But they have to be able to haul things. So they need something like a wagon or a, or a van or something, and it, it has to be a highly visible car to other drivers. You know what I mean? You want like a full metal jacket on this thing or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just want them. I, want my, I have young kids, so I'd like the grandparents around for another 10 years at least. You know, if, it, sure. it, it was really dis- disconcerting to have this car come in and just hit her, and it went, the whole side went in, you know? Well, they survived it, huh? Yeah, they survived. They did. So it couldn't be that bad. Well, it was probably pretty bad. If a Volvo hit a Toyota, I wouldn't, a Toyota, I would not want to be in the Toyota. It was on the passenger side. See, like, I figure my sure. kids might someday be in that Toyota on the passenger no, side. Well, and no more, because it's well, I mean, total. I, I think, I think the message was there. Yes, indeed. They have to buy a Volvo. Yeah, they used to be big Volvo supporters until they ran into a mechanic who said, forget Volvos, they're too costly, go Toyota. So now they believe in Toyotas, but I, I wanted to a mechanic come from the set, cars. A mechanic turned them away because the repairs were too high? He, said, he says it's a joke. They're yeah. overpriced. They're not worth it. Of course and, they Of course it's true, but... but <laughs> so what? But look okay. at the money he could have made from them. He, must, he mustn't have worked on Volvo. He must have been ready to retire. All right. No, he actually he was a really nice guy, but they believed him. No, that's know? his no, fault. No, it's time to go back. What color would you recommend? Blue. Blue. Why? That's the most visible car? No, it's not. White. Oh. White and yellow are the most visible, but they're ugly. Oh, white so, and yellow. You don't need visibility if you have a Volvo. Really? You just say... No. Were they in a white Toyota? They were in a gray Toyota. Oh, the worst possible color. What this... color was the Volvo to hit them? I don't know. I bet it was red. Red is good. Yeah, yeah. I like red. You know, can I just ask you guys one last thing? Sure. What the hell? Come on, Eddie. You might as well take up the whole show. What the <laughs> heck? Go ahead. You guys give personal consults. Like, I can call you, you know, for a half an hour personal consult on oh, my car. Oh, sure. That's our that's that's ticket out of this dump. Do you really? Frank, that's it. Personal you know, consultations. It's such therapy for people to talk <laughs> about their cars. Bit of it. No. Good luck, Addie, and take them tomorrow morning. Take them down to the Volvo, Volvo dealership. Dealer. I'll do that. And and they'll fall in love with it until they see the price. But tell them not to worry about it. You're going to. She pay said for it. they have plenty of money. Well, they're not. They're not poor. People. Well, if they squander on this thing, there'll, there'll be less to leave to you. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. Spend it. Spend it. Spend it. it. That's right. right. Leave nothing.
Good Children luck. are all ingrates anyway. Yeah. See you, Addie. Thanks. I enjoy your show. Thank Thanks, you. Addie. Thanks Bye-bye. for your 22 questions. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It's good. Well, it's happened again. You've squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer has dug the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion, bongo boy, Frogman Berman. Our associate <laughs> producers are David the Calves of Belleville Green and Catherine Frau Blucher Fenelosa. Our web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor, assisted by Connie Bridgeford. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. Our theme music is by David Dog Grisman. And our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor just back from his triumph at the Manitoba March Madness Manicotti Munja Feast <laughs> is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Marge Novera. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our interpretive dance instructor is Tristan Shout. <laughs> Our s- staff alpinist is Ariana Topiet. <laughs> Our divorce attorney is Carmine Not Yours. Our sexual harassment investigator is Hank Panky. Our meteorologist from the New Delhi office is Luke Autovindo. Our director of Pavlovian research is Isabel Ringing. Our Russian chauffeur is Pikov and Dropoff. The banker at Car Talk Poker Games is Nikolai Putin. Our Russian vacation specialist is Ivana Vikov. <laughs> our, our seat cushion tester is Mike Easter. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham & Howe is you, Louis Dewey. Known to the few yet unpublished pigeons in Harvard Square as Yui Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack the Tappet Brothers and Don't Drive Like My Brother. Don't Drive Like His Sister. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. You can get a podcast of this show, which is number 2012, subscribe to our weekly podcast, and check out our poorly curated clothing and best of collections all over at cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, spring is in the air. Birds chirping in the trees, crocuses blooming in the yard, oil leaking down the driveway. If it's time to upgrade your car, donate your old car to your favorite public radio station. They'll turn it into more of the programs you love and you can get back to springing without the leaks. Turn your car into the programs you love in minutes. You can start right now at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham & Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though NPR's insurance agent doubles our slander premiums whenever <laughs> he hears us say it, this is NPR.